Good morning. Welcome on in. It's the morning after here on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. Like, thank you all for tuning in. I am Tyler Trumbauer alongside the Tuesday, Thursday man that is the for- the athlete formerly known as Chewy, sniffling and all, is here today. What a trooper. Thanks, Chewy. Good morning, good morning, Tyler. You know what I'm saying? I do it for the people. Do it for the people? You're a man of the people. people. Yeah. Yeah, so even though I'm sick, still came in, you know, trying to be a soldier today. Appreciate it, appreciate it, sir. Uh, so we'll, we're going to try to be soldiers of sports today. I uh, got a little talk for you, fine folks. Uh, going to try to change things up a little bit on Thursdays. Going to have to, just because Fridays are becoming that much uh, bigger of a show here during the football season with our full-fledged football Fridays. Um, so basically what we're going to do today is we're going to talk a little D-Rose because it seems like the man is injury-prone. Maybe the Bulls need to invest in a bubble for him, Jeez. and uh, we'll talk about that. And um, also we'll talk about, we'll just start talking about week four in the National Football League. I mean, it begins tonight anyway with Thursday Night Football, which is what we normally um, talk about anyway. But now we're going to get into other additional games, Sunday games, um, because we're just not going to have enough time on Fridays anymore to, to get through all of those games. Um, got you. A little you know, on Fridays, because we got Tommy Risenweber coming up every Friday at 9.15. I mean, we're going three wide with Tubby, Mike, and I, so we know that's just going to be yeah, craziness be to begin madness, with. As, as always. <laughs> as always. So um, we're going to have a lot to go, a lot going on tomorrow. We also might be getting another guy calling in tomorrow as well, so we're working on that. Might have another guest as well. If not, I mean, even so, we'll have to get through bro football talk, some NFL talk, and, of course, high school football, local high school football talk. So a lot of good stuff um, coming up tomorrow. But because of that, it's going to spill over into Thursday. We'll have to get started. But we're going to start off um, with the D-Rose talk, too. I mean, again, more injuries for the guy. Uh, it looked to be a lot worse when it was initially reported. But then it seemed to be um, a little bit better of an outcome for the Bulls and for Derrick Rose. It looks to only be two weeks now. So kind of fill us in on that since you're our resident media or NBA media expert here, um, oh, D-Rose. Expert. What was it? Is it his eyeball, I want to say? It says he fractured an orbital bone. An orbital bone. Didn't even know you whatever. had bones in your orbitals. Yeah, whatever. Or where that exactly that's at. So I guess that's like your cheekbone maybe? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. We're going to need to get a doctor. In here. But when I first initially heard of it, I was, I was just sick to my stomach because it seems like D-Rose just can't catch a break. Seemed like he's always in the news for some type of injury. It said I was looking up last night. It said he's played in like 32 percent of NBA games for like since the past three years. So you know he tore his ACL and then uh, you should have looked up how much money he's made in the last three years. Yeah, too. exactly. Only playing in less than a third of the game. Actually, I did look that up as well. Now I think about it. Um, he made he made 18 million his first. I guess the year that he tore his ACL, and then he made. I guess he made 17 the next year, and then he's scheduled to make 20 this year. So, thank God that it's only he's only gonna be out for two weeks. But um, yeah, it just always seems like he's in the news for for some type of for some type of reason for whatever reason. Why do you and, feel he's so injury prone? I mean, I feel like that he gets injured more than anybody else in the National Basketball Association. Now, this one, what this came in in a practice? Yeah, practice first day, first day of training camp. Actually, day one, right after media day. He got hurt. T- to be honest, I don't know why. I don't. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you why he's so injury prone. His first couple couple of years in the league, he was he was an extremely durable player. 
He was a player that you can rely on that was going to give you everything. He was going to play for 82 games plus the playoffs. So he was never injury prone coming in. Um, now I I just don't know. I don't know what to tell you. He's he's becoming brittle. <laughs> brittle. Brittle. Like. How old is D Rose? Seems like he's he's turning 27. This turning year. 27, yeah. and we're saying he's brittle. Yeah. That's bad. That that is bad to have the to to sustain the amount of injuries that he has is is definitely bad. And then a lot of times like that, uh, injuries take out have taken out a lot of great players over the past over the past years. Like serious injuries. I don't know if you know about Brandon Roy. He his career was diminished in like five or six years. He was on his way to stardom, but an injury took him out. So I'm hoping that the same doesn't go for D Rose that he can get back on the MVP level like right. it was a couple years ago. You're going to have to because, I mean, have do you think the Bulls can even do it without him? I mean, I know they got some other stars around him. I mean, what, Joe Kim Noah's still in Chicago, yeah, right? Noah, they got Paul Gasol there. Jimmy right. Butler is an emerging star there. So they got some other talent in there, but yeah. it just doesn't seem like they're going to be able to compete with the LeBrons, um, you know, with, with, the, with you know, the Cavs, with maybe Cavs. even the Heat yeah. or, you know, some other – some other, especially in the Western Division, I don't even know if the Bulls would even be the top six team in the Western Division without Derrick Rose. I mean, do you feel they could even compete in the Eastern Conference? Yeah, you know, another thing, another thing about that is they're without D Rose, they also lost their head coach, uh, Tom Thibodeau. They didn't lose him; they fired him. They yeah, didn't want him. Yeah, they fired they fired him for whatever reason, whatever management reason. He was a great coach. They fired him, so that's another blow. So losing him and then losing D Rose would be definitely a steep mountain to climb uh, for the Chicago Bulls, but. I was reading something else. They were talking about how D. Rose, he's, he'll be a free agent in two years. Right. And he was talking about um, his time is coming as far as the big paycheck that he's been waiting for. And the fans of Chicago were outraged. I would be. They were outraged because he hasn't been playing the past three years. And then you're worried about two years down the, down the line, worry about a big paycheck. paycheck. And what, yeah. what paycheck do you deserve? You haven't played in the last three years. What, what sample set do you have to look at to say, look at what I've done. I've played in less than a third of the games in the NBA in the last exactly. three years. I'm on a path to probably do much of the same in these final two years. The Chicago Bulls haven't done really anything of note. They've been an above-average team for three years, and you've barely been a part of that, but you think you should be probably going to think you should get one of the top five biggest, most richest contracts in NBA history. Yeah, yeah. The fans did not did not take too lightly to that, him talking. Especially, like, it's, it would have been different if, like, free agency maybe was this, was this year coming up. It's two years down the road. Like, why are you even speaking on that now? Your main focus should be getting back on the court and getting 100% healthy. That's about as dumb as Cam Chancellor being like holding out this year, still yeah. a year away from being like he's not in the contract near. Next year is a contract year, okay. and, that, and you know he held and, out. and he held out this year. Now he's coming back, but he said he wasn't. He said he wasn't going to play for the Seahawks. Held out what two games that was? I think yeah. he came back yeah, this yeah, past okay. Sunday, and then but then while he was holding out, he said I'm not playing until I get a new contract. And he didn't get a new contract. He didn't because the Seahawks yeah. said. We're not going to negotiate until you come back to the team. Right. So then he just broke down. I don't know what exactly happened, maybe behind closed doors, but on, on the public's eye, it just looks like he broke down and said, I'm coming back. Yeah. So, I mean, and smartfully, he should, because I think the Seahawks would have let – I mean, the Seahawks went 0-2 without him. Right. But I still think they would have they would have gone out, because if they would have broke down and negotiated with him yeah. and got him a new contract the year before a contract year – Right. That would have just sent a that would have set a horrible precedent for any other 
big name potential free agent in the upcoming year. That means, I mean, it's bad enough that players hold out in their contract year. I mean, I understand why they do it, right. but I just think overall that's a little selfish. You know what I mean? You're under contract for that year. I agree. Play your year. I agree. But that could also, because now you're going to go back the next year, and then you don't know, someone's going to try to go back another year after that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're just yeah. going to keep going back and back and say, oh, well, you know, I'm due money in three years. I'm not going to hurt myself this year. Yeah. Because I need to get that money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. That's. that's I mean, D. Rose isn't going to be doing that because he needs to play. He needs to be on the court, yeah. Because I don't think anyone's going to give him money. I mean, maybe the Bulls. You think the Bulls would be that dumb? So say D. Rose gets hurt and plays only only half of that game, half of the games in the next two seasons, this year in 2016-17. Uh, but, I mean, which is even a higher percentage than he has played in the last three years, like you said. Right. Do you think the Bulls give him a, a max contract like he's going to be looking for when he hits free agency in two years? I think, I don't know if the Bulls will, but I think somebody will. I think somebody will actually will take a chance on him just because of his potential and because of what he everybody knows he's capable of doing and what he's done in the past. I think the Bulls are. I think before they let him go to free agency, I feel like they would just they would trade him. Actually, they would wait for his value to rise because obviously it's a risk taking him because he's injury prone, but. To lose him to free agency and not get anything in return would be a dumb move by their organization. So I feel like the, the, the thing to do here would be to trade him for somebody of value or some uh, players of equal value before you lose him. Because I, I feel like a team would take a chance on him in free agency. I, th- I feel like a team would offer him a max contract despite his injury injury proneness. Maybe just, you know, that's something I would feel like the New York Knicks would do. Yeah, exactly. Like Phil exactly, Jackson. Yeah. I mean, Phil Jackson's <laughs> like, you know, he says he's got all this money he's building. He says he's got he says he's got, you know, his master plan. But you're gonna you're gonna draft Perzingis and all this other nonsense. Yeah. You got nothing going on right now. You got Carmelo Anthony and you know, you gotta try to figure things out because the Knicks fans aren't gonna be standing for this nonsense anymore. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And New York's hard place to play and be the New York crowd is definitely tough. So Phil Jackson needs to turn it around. But that was a that was a good example. I think the Knicks is the type of team that would take a chance on him. Just because he has that star power, it's exactly. like getting another Carmelo Anthony in the building. Exactly. But having, but he's younger, like you said, he's what twenty seven or just turning twenty seven. Just, just turning twenty seven. So, I mean, it's going to be another guy that's going to put butts in the seats, sell jerseys, you know, sell other memorabilia, and you're going to and you're going to generate more interest for your team, get yourself out in the spotlight once again. Will that win you games? Probably not as much, especially if he's hurt. But getting that big name is something that Phil Jackson and the Knicks, you know, kind of yeah. like to do. A lot of times with the with the change of scenery, um, we've seen a lot of times players uh, tend to turn their careers around with the cha- with the new scenery. They feel like they have more to prove. Uh, uh, Derrick Rose has gotten extremely comfortable in Chicago, and the fans are getting restless because he's always hurt. So this year, he really needs to focus on playing and producing, and and not talking about his contract. So last question before we hit the first break and wrap up this D-Rose nonsense. Um, mentioned before, he's got that orbital bone injury, going to be out for two weeks, but should be good to go. I mean, still just starting training camp, so yeah. he'll just miss some training camp. If D-Rose stays healthy, and, I mean, he'll obviously not play 82 games because no one that's worth their weight and salt plays a full season in the NBA, <laughs> which is a whole other situation, which we've talked about before. But... If he plays, you know, the majority of the game, 75%, and he sits because of coach's decision and rest and all that, do the Chicago Bulls, are they in the Eastern Conference Finals if he plays, if he stays healthy for the entire year? Oh, yeah, I think so. 
Yeah, I think so. I think he's that guy. He's got that type of. Uh, he's got that type of impact on the Bulls. So it's Heat Bulls Eastern Conference. I mean, Cavs, Cavs Bulls. Cavs Bulls. Yeah, I think if he's if he's relatively healthy enough by the time the playoffs come around, no matter what seed they are, I feel like they would be around the second second or third seed if he's if he's playing all year. They definitely have the potential to 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 beat the Cavs. I don't think they are. But I think they'll be in the mix, definitely, in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. There you go. D-Rose hurt, but he'll be back. Do you have our NBA season countdown? Uh, 26 days, 10 hours, 45 minutes, and 37 seconds, sir. There you go. That's Chewy, yep. the resident NBA man. Days are ticking away yeah, before they, they hit the hardwood. And, of course, Burrow, football, or Burrow basketball hits the hardwood November 16th. SRU. Yes, sir. That's a little bit farther than 27 days. And yeah, we got a 16 hours time. or whatever you said. So we're going to be back in less than that. Just one song. We'll be back on the other side as we'll get into week four of the National Football League, which starts tonight as we enter October with the Ravens at the Steelers. That should be an interesting matchup. Don't go anywhere. The morning after rolls along after this. We don't take anything here on the morning after on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. We stand up for ourselves. Right, Joe? Yeah. We don't mess around. Yeah, you already know. And we're not messing around now, going right to week four of the National Football League, as we'd like to thank you all once again for tuning on in here on a Thursday edition of the Morning After on 88.9 on your dial, EdinburghNow.com, the TuneIn app on your mobile devices. Um, so also you can also listen to our podcast on EdinburghNow.com, everyday podcasting this bad boy, because uh, we're everywhere you are, as Tubby likes to say. Yep. I should get that as a sound, just so I can... I mean, I, I, I quote him every time I say it. Ooh, so, so I should just play in. the sound anyway. And Tubby's voice is on where everywhere you are. Where, yeah, but I mean, I don't Tubby know if voice. I really want Tubby's voice all the time to be playing, you know? Hey. You got you to take that stuff with a grain of salt <laughs> a little bit sometimes and just be like, hey. <laughs> Nonetheless, yeah, Thursday... I, Thursday you put, if you put Tubby's voice on there, I get, you got to get mine on there. So. Oh, well, you got to say something good. Yeah, I know. I got to say something that sticks here. Yeah, give me, give me a catchphrase or something, sir. I'll think of something. All right, you let me know on that. Yeah. So why Chewy's going to brainstorm some stuff. Got you. So maybe maybe there might be gold coming here in the final 30 or so minutes of the show. Uh, <laughs> we're going to start off week four, National Football League. It's going to be localized tonight here on the CBS or NFL Network. 825 kick between the Baltimore Ravens at the Pittsburgh Steelers for this one, Chew. And... Uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup tonight. You know, the Baltimore Ravens, 0-3. Since 1993, teams have started 0-3 and have bounced back and made the postseason. So that's what the Baltimore Ravens are staring down the barrel of. The, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, record-wise, much better, um, you know, situation for them as they are 2-1 overall. Mm-hmm. However, they don't have Ben Roethlisberger. So, who's now? What? What? What did you say? He just looked it up. It was his his MCL. Yeah, sprained MCL. Sprained MCL. I think that's a four to six week situation he's looking at there. So he's definitely out tonight. Um, Yeah, we're looking at Michael Vick. Looking at Mike Vick. You're right, Mike Vick, the uh, the former Jet Eagle, and of course Falcon. um, Now with the Pittsburgh Steelers, a late signee in training camp. Um, everyone was up in arms over it, and then everyone was like, nah, he's not going to play. Don't worry about it. Big Ben doesn't get hurt. And I was saying the same thing. I was like, why is everyone all ticked off when the man does, you know, yeah. what action is he going to get? Exactly. He's going to be lucky to stay on the roster for all, you know, 17 weeks of the regular season. Yeah. But here we go. Week four, tout Mike Vick out there as your starting quarterback after getting considerable time last week 
in the spot cleanup for Roethlisberger, who went down mid-game last week with that injury. So what do you make of this contest tonight? I mean, right, it's at uh, Heinz Field right here. Uh, 51 degrees, looks like it should be about kickoff, cloudy, so weather should not be a factor. Um, the Ravens are actually three-point favorites on the road. Yeah. At Heinz Field. So that says a lot about not having Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. Because don't forget, uh, Le'Veon Bell is back now. Um, some other injuries of note. Matt Spieth, the tight end for the Steelers, is out as well. Ryan Shazier, linebacker, out. Uh, Marcus Wheaton, wide receivers, looks to be probable right now. And Cortez Allen, a, an above-average corner for the Steelers, questionable for tonight's contest. Um, yeah. I think this is definitely a game that the the Ravens can come in here and steal. I think um, their their issue throughout their three losses has been that their secondary has been getting eaten up. Their secondary has been getting torn apart, and they're not able to stop anybody. Yeah. So now with Big Ben going down, the issue of having a high profile or having to face a high profile quarterback has gone out the window. You know, you got Mike Vick in there who's they're not gonna do too. They're not gonna try and do too much with Mike Vick as far as him getting the ball downfield and spreading it around. They're gonna rely heavily on their running game. Le'Veon Bell, uh, I think D'Angelo Williams in there. They got a nice, a nice little two-headed monster, monster there at running back. So a lot of the focus is going to go to the running game, which the Ravens, which plays into the Ravens' hands because their secondary isn't as strong as it as it has been in years past. So if they can, if they can stop the run. And play, and then, and then, if they can stop the run, and play well on offense, obviously, then they'll definitely have a chance. They'll definitely have a chance of stealing this game. I still don't think it's going to happen. I think the Steelers will come out with a victory, but this is definitely a trap game that the Ravens can steal if they're on their P's and Q's. Yeah, I mean, I agree just as much, you know, with almost everything you said right there, too. I mean, that's obviously why they are three-point favorites on the road. And I think, as well, Baltimore's got to realize, crap, we're 0-3. Yeah. We're the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, you got a, you got a, a nicely paid, well-paid Joe Flacco, yeah. who is, you know, that big debate is, is he elite quarterback right. in the National Football League? Personally, I don't think he's elite. He's above average. Not so far this year, though. Only 863 yards, four touchdowns to four picks. So he needs to get things straightened out. But, I mean, you got Steve Smith Sr., who is having a, a decent year thus far. 25 catches, nearly 350 yards receiving, two touchdowns. Um, so I think, I mean, I think that's the only reason they're field goal favorites is because Ben Roethlisberger's out and on the road. But I still think they're going to have motivation on the road. I mean, this is a divisional game, so if there's any time to start winning, mm-hmm. it's now. Because this win is going to mean even more than a win against, say, I don't know you know, the Patriots or, you know, the Eagles or something like that. Mm -hmm. You're playing a team that's going to count divisional win helps you so much more um, in this, in this, especially in this tough division. This division used to be one of the best in football a year ago. Now you got teams that are 0-3, Baltimore looking at the basement of this division. You got to get games like these. You got to get games like these. And it's unfortunate when injuries happen to to top-tier teams or to anybody, really. Right. But... When you're faced with a, with an opportunity to beat a team, especially a team that's in your division, you gotta you gotta really take that, gotta get on top of that opportunity. So, the Ravens, I I feel like, like I said, I think they'll they'll be ready. I think they'll be motivated. I think they have a chance of winning. But uh, so you're saying they have a chance 
they have a chance to win. But let me kind of press you a little bit more on that. Do you are you picking? Are you going with the spread? I mean, are you going saying the Steeler or I mean, excuse me, the Ravens are going to steal this win, get win number one of 2015-16? Oh no, 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 no! I'm still going with the Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> still going with the Steelers because I just feel like they're more balanced offensively and defensively, even with the loss of Big Ben and the two-headed monster I talked about at running back with Le'Veon Bell and D'Angelo Williams there. I just feel like um, I just feel like they're more balanced. I feel like they got more playmakers. They have, yeah, they have more playmakers, and they just have they're they're playing at home, so they'll they'll have their home crowd behind them. It's going to be a tough out for the Ravens to beat them at their home field on the road Thursday night, short week. Yeah, I mean that short week could help Baltimore though because you got to think about it. Mike Vick has not did not have a full week to prepare right. as a starting quarterback. I mean we all know when you're a reserve, you don't get that many reps exactly. regardless of level. That you're playing at, whether it's high school, collegiate, or professional, you're not getting that many reps compared to the first string. Um, so, Mike Vick, now he didn't get you know a full complement of practices in a normal week to prepare himself for this contest. Right. So that could be advantage Baltimore in this one. But I mean, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to say Baltimore is going to steal one. I think it's going to be tough. I talked to Tubby yesterday, and he thought I said the word slobberknocker when it came to this one. <laughs> he completely disagreed with me. I think just because he does it for his health. Yeah. But regardless, <laughs> he, he disagreed with me, and I, I think it's going to be a physical game. I think no matter what the circumstance is, Baltimore-Pittsburgh is a physical game. It's yeah. an AFC North battle. Yeah. <laughs> That's just what it comes down to. Now, Pittsburgh... Now my question is, you know, you're so are you saying they're going to have to rely on that two-headed running game to yeah. win this contest? You don't think Mike Vick is going to be a difference maker? Because I mean, I personally think that's going to be the only liability for the Steelers in this one. Is like, a will Mike Vick help you? But b the bigger question is, make sure Mike Vick and will Mike Vick hurt you? Right, right. That's what that's what I was saying. Uh, last week they kind of played it very conservative with Mike Vick. They didn't let him, you know, you know, do too much. So I think the the play calling or the playbook is kind of shortened with him Shrinks in there. Shrinks up, yeah, yeah, with him in there. Even though obviously we know about what he's done in the past with his feet and his playmaking ability. Obviously things have changed now, so they need to rely on the running game, and that's and that's where I feel like the Ravens can key in on that because their secondary isn't as strong as it used to be. So that's that's where I see the advantage going in the Ravens' favor, obviously with Mike Mike Vick being a question mark there at quarterback. Yeah, very true. So we're gonna have to just see, you know, what uh Mike Vick we get tonight. It's gonna right. be a big difference. I mean, you're gonna need one that just I think almost like a game manager type of situ- situation. Yeah. And I and I agree, you know, I think the playbook definitely does shorten itself or at least change, adapt to Mike Vick and his playing abilities compared to what Big Big Ben can do on the field because those are two polar opposite quarterbacks right. when it really comes down to it. Yeah. So uh, we're going to have to see, again, that is an 8:25 kickoff tonight. The over-under for this uh, matchup, for those of you that are interested in the betting line of it, is 43.5 Steelers, um, excuse me, Steelers three-point underdogs at home against the Baltimore Ravens, who are still searching for that first win. If they lose tonight, though, Chew, they're, they're definitely cooked. I mean, both Fenner and Tubby said on Monday that they feel Baltimore is cooked already. Stick a fork in them. But, I mean, if they lose this, they lose this game tonight, they're, they're done. Yeah, they you can't be 0-4. They have to get this one. No you, doubt about it. I mean, if they if they lose, they go to 0-4, and, and then they somehow come back and at least crawl, them, crawl, crawl and climb back into contention. That is going to be a feat all onto itself. So we're going to hit our second break as we are right at the midway point of our hour here on 88.9. 
Fighting Scots Radio. This is the morning after. I'm Tyler Trumbauer. That's the athlete formerly known as Chewy. We'll be right back after this. Do not go anywhere. 9.34 here on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. This is the morning after sports show. Tyler Trumbauer, Chewy with you here on this Thursday morning. Thank you all for tuning in. Edbronow.com. Tune in devices on. Tune in app on mobile devices. Got anything to do tonight, Chewy? Tonight, probably just uh, we'll have a math test on, on Friday. I have a match that tomorrow, so I'll probably be studying all night. Probably going to be studying for that. Well, yeah. if you don't have anything to do, no studying, maybe no tests, you can join the Edinburgh University Journalism and Public Relations Department and the Political Science and Criminal Justice Department tonight for a panel discussion titled Media and Law Enforcement, a Complicated and Critical Relationship. Beginning at 7 p.m. in Compton Hall, room 107A, the panel includes both members of the media and law enforcement practitioners as they set out to examine the complex relationship between the two fields and offer suggestions for collaboration and common ground. The panel will be moderated by Jet Fox 66, your Erie.com news director and EUP alum, Lou Baxter, and it's free and open to the public. So, should be a pretty good one. Um, what do you think the relationship is there? What do I think the relationship yeah. is between what? Uh, journalism and um, the media? Uh, I mean, law enforcement and the media? Um, I mean, it's not good, obviously, I guess. <laughs> I mean, look at all the times that there's videos surfacing of police you know brutality or yeah, yeah, yeah in general i think the police are just very quick to you know they're being painted in in, in a bad light that's for certain right yeah, now they are definitely i don't definitely. think they can do anything right right now i think there's just a lot of people that hate them yeah. for that so yeah and then, then police just they have the ability to ruin your day with like a, a little petty ticket like a speeding ticket here and they there. got chewy or they got uh tubby chewed yeah. um with their faulty equipment with what? He got pulled over for a headlight. The other yeah. Day. Yeah, that's when they gave him faulty equipment. Exactly, and they just gave you a ticket for little stuff like that. It just ruins your day. So, but I mean, I think by and large, there's, they're, they're good cops, I think. I there's agree. more good cops than bad cops out there, but there's a lot of guys that are just going to, you know, abuse their power and what they yeah. do. Yeah. Um, Certainly. So, you know, too, I also I talked about earlier how tomorrow is just going to be a full-fledged football Friday yeah. and a Big day here in the morning after, but it's also College Radio Day tomorrow. Interesting. Interesting. College Radio Day, which, according to this paper, is it's it's in the world. World College Radio Day. Okay. Right here. So we're going to celebrate it right here in Compton, having an open house right here um, in Compton 102, the Campus Media Center. If you don't know what 102 is, that's the place that has the big screen TV out front and then also um, uh, has the big mural on the wall. It's a good good way yeah. to spot Campus Media Center. Yeah, it's a nice um, design. Like you like that? Yeah, I did like yeah, that. Yeah, that was over to Summer. Yeah, I definitely didn't see Erie. it last year. <laughs> <laughs> Some dude uh, in Erie did it. His his name is escaping me at the moment. Uh, Good job. But that is there. tomorrow, Friday, October 2nd, the fifth annual College Radio Day to celebrate WFSC. We'll be holding a day-long open house outside our station here in Compton 102. Feel free to stop by, meet your favorite WFSC DJ or Tubby, and don't forget to pick up some cool prizes as well. So, I mean, 9 to 10, we'll be in here, three wide, Mike Fenner, Tubby, myself. Good stuff. We'll have Tom Reisenweber call in, maybe additional guests as well. Maybe Dr. Ron Raymond's going to stop on in tomorrow as well uh, to talk about College Radio Day and, um, you know, his beloved Dallas Cowboys and how they're going to be coping without Tony Romo and Des Bryant and then already banged up but still limping along Jason Witten. So we'll see if he can, you know, take a few minutes out of his day. He's one of the busiest mans on campus. Is Dr. Raymond. Oh. 
So well, we'll see. Man, if he was able to come on uh, Friday, you guys would have a nice catch. That's a I nice mean, it's gonna. Right? I mean, I don't know if we haven't even. We only have you know so many mics in the studio. I don't even know if we can fit him in here. <laughs> but uh, yeah. we'll try to see what we can do uh, to accommodate the man. Um, nonetheless, that's all tomorrow. So if you're stopping by, you got some free time tomorrow. Stop by. We're gonna have a table outside the door. Um, the door, which is normally locked, you know, you got to have a passcode to get into this bad boy. We'll have it open, um, wide open all day. You can come in and see what's going on. We got some new equipment in here, some good stuff going on. You're interested in joining, you know, WFSC or really any co- or campus media here at Edinburgh. I mean, two out of the three are housed right in here, Spectator and WFSC, ETV right down the hallway. But we spend a lot of time in here. It is the campus media center. So uh, come on in and, you know, check out what's going on behind these closed doors, which will then be open. We'll have a table outside, um, which will be broad. I think we'll be broadcasting what's going on in here. We're just going to have a speaker right out there oh, to listen to that. I don't know about that. It's not my department, but <laughs> I think that's what's going on. Oh. And then we'll also have a bunch of goodies to give away, as that said. So oh, good, good stuff. stuff tomorrow, uh, Chew. And then after that, more good stuff on Sunday with the National Football League continuing. And it's one of my favorite days in the National Football League season, the London games. Yeah. Love the London games. Not as good as the Highland games, but I do like the London games <laughs> because 9.30 in the morning football is just so exciting. Yeah. Just so, so exciting. I couldn't agree more with that. Um, 9.30 a.m. on Easter Coast because, Chew, you know, you go, you go football 9.30 in the morning. So you get up at 9, you got kickoff right at 9.30. So you get up and there's already like a pregame show on. Exactly. 9.30 kick. It's going to take you right to 1 o'clock. Then you got your 1 o'clock kick. Then you got your 4 o'clock kicks. And you're gonna go. That goes right. So you got about a half hour, and you got your eight, eight, fifteen kick. It's beautiful. That's where you take that thirty minute nap in there. That thirty minute nap gets four, you through. Right. Four, so eight, you're already fatigued from a long day of rooting or crying or booing or whatever, depending on how the Eagles play. For me, exactly. You know. Then you uh, take a nap. Charge a nap, up. Charge up. Recuperate. Got the Sunday nighter. Get prepared. Start prepping. You got some Monday morning. You know, morning after to get to. So yeah, got to yeah. do all that good stuff. But Jets Dolphins. There's what's going to be representing the National Football League out in Wembley Stadium on Sunday. This game is going to be on CBS. I don't know if the Jets and the Dolphins are the two best teams to be representing the National Football League overseas. Nonetheless, that is the game. Um, so right now, according to uh, Pick Center on ESPN, <laughs> over under is 41 for this contest. Um, and the spread, Jets one-point favorites. So normally if you're a home team, you can at least get two-and-a-half points at home. If you're if you're only a two-and-a-half-point favorite, that's basically a toss-up, a pick em. But one point, I guess, just because it's it's a neutral field, you're not going to give that home field advantage point spread to anyone. So I would basically – I'm kind of taking that line, and that's kind of telling me that it's just a pick em. They don't really know. Yeah. I mean, you don't know th- th- who the Jets are right now. They look like contenders, but the Eagles kind of you know, saw a lot of flaws in the Jets a week ago, and they're – in as the Eagles got their first win of 2015. Um, so the Jets fell to 2-1 and one there, and the Dolphins got embarrassed last week, 41-14 to 14 to the Buffalo Bills. Ryan Tannehill and company looks lost. Joe Philbin has to be on the hot seat. And Ndamukong and Sue, they gave him over $100 million, can't seem to get into the backfield. Yeah. So they got a lot of problems down there in Miami, and they're 1-2 right now. Um, so, I mean, Jets can, Jets can afford a loss more than Miami can. So we'll have to see what happens here. But Ryan Tannehill's got to figure things out, you know. 882 yards, five touchdowns, three interceptions on the season. I think all three were a week ago. Sheesh. So the that's thing, not good. The thing about this matchup is I think it's, it's going to come down to the quarterbacks because Ryan Tannehill obviously has a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. Has um, has – I'm sorry, has a lot of potential and has the potential to be a good, solid quarterback in his league. He just needs to figure things out. And then we got Fitzpatrick on the other side, who, who is solid. 
He was very solid at times, but he does have playmakers on the outside there. We talked about, I believe we talked about it last week. They do have, uh, I believe, Eric Decker and then uh, Brandon, Brandon Marshall, Marshall on the outside there. So they do have they do have two solid playmakers on there. So it comes down for me to quarterback play, but the Jets will pull this one out. I think they're a one point favorite. I feel like they will win by more than one point, but there, yeah, I'm going with the Jets. Going with the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets in this one. I'm probably going to have to go with the Jets as well. I think that defense is going to wreak a lot of havoc with Tannehill and Miami's offense. I mean, the Jets were very close to making a comeback uh, victory against the Eagles a week ago. Brandon Marshall, as he said, maybe one of the worst or boneheaded plays, I forget the word he said, uh, in National Football League history, trying to lateral that uh, pass. I don't know if you saw that play, trying to lateral to someone else, hit it off an eagle and just picked it up, and there you go. But Marshall has a decent year thus far. 23 catches, 272 yards, three touchdowns um, for him. Chris Ivory, the back for the Jets, uh, he needs to pick things up a little bit. Only 34 carries, buck 50 on the ground, two touchdowns. Um, he's questionable. Eric Decker's questionable. Darrell Rivas is questionable. Um, Geno Smith is probable, if you care about that. Probably shouldn't. <laughs> Because um, it's going to be Fitzpatrick under center. Um, yep. He's the starter. Uh, Geno Smith obviously still hasn't figured things out in the National Football League, uh, not to mention all his other off-the-field or in-the-locker-room situations he's got going on. But you mentioned it's going to come down to the quarterback play for the most part because, I, I mean, I think for Ryan Tannehill, he obviously needs to beat the Jets' D. For Fitzpatrick, I think he just needs to maintain things. I think, right. I mean, the Miami doesn't have the easiest defense either, but he's going to have an easier time than Tannehill because that Jets' defense is tough. Very tough, and uh, yeah. I think Fitzpatrick, as long as he doesn't cough the ball up and give the Dolphins more opportunities offensively, the Jets will get will take a few takeaways from Miami and probably turn those into points, and then that'll be the difference maker in this contest. And then the Jets will emerge three and one and come back home, uh, you know, up yeah. two games, and and Dolphins will fall to one and three, and then. Who knows, that could be a slippery slope for Miami down there because with each loss, there's going to be more and more frustration because that looks like a very, very bad situation down there in Miami right now. Yeah, I wonder what's going on with uh, Domkins, too. I don't, I don't know. know too much money, there. I guess, sitting on, sitting on him. Yeah. Get, getting too, getting too he, weak with all that money. Looks like he got a little bit too comfortable down there. And he is in Miami, too. That might have a little something to do with Miami's it. Miami's nice. Yeah. <laughs> that might have a little something to do with it, but yeah, the, Je- the Dolphins, the Jets are going to come out on top with this one. Jeez. <coughs> oh, there we go. We got some breaking news right here on oh, yeah. eight, on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. Completely not having anything to do with the National Football League. We got women's tennis breaking news okay. right here. PSAC women's tennis. Edinburgh was supposed to make a trip to East this weekend uh, to face East Stroudsburg uh, on, I believe that was supposed to be a Friday at 3 o'clock. Um, the Fighting Scots are supposed to visit the Warriors. Let me double-check that. Yes, 3 o'clock. And then they were supposed to face Kutztown at 11 a.m. on Saturday. But as of right now, all I'm seeing is that game is, or that match, excuse me, is canceled. So this is coming from the East Stroudsburg University's uh, athletic department's Twitter, saying, uh, quote, ESU versus Edinburgh Clarion this weekend canceled due to anticipated inclement weather. So it looks like... Uh, ESU was supposed to face Edinburgh and Clarion back-to-back days uh-huh. in some crossover action. They've canceled both of their matches. I have not heard otherwise. Um, the Huskies, uh, Huskies, excuse me, that's Bloomsburg, have canceled their matches as well due to the wet weather. Um, I have not seen anything as far as the Kutztown, but trust me, Kutztown is even farther east than e- ESU. Well, not as farther east as ESU, but farther east than Bloomsburg. And um, 
that's right where I live, and they're going to get hit pretty hard with this Hurricane Joaquin, which just seems to be strengthening as yeah. it's heading towards the Bahamas and getting closer and closer um, to the United States. So um, my guess is it's probably going to be a wet one at IUP as well on Saturday, but um, you can obviously play football in the rain. Tennis, not so much. So as of right now, East Strasburg, Edinburgh canceled for Friday at 3 p.m. However, the Kutztown match at 11 a.m. is still on as of right now, but my inclination would be that that match would be canceled as well. And I believe this happened last fall as well. This crossover action was canceled and never made up. So um, we'll have to just see if those things ever do get made up. It's tough to make those cross-state trips um, for these tennis teams. So that's a little breaking news there for PSAC Women's Tennis. Burrow ladies will have this Friday off. No trip to ESU. Uh, So we're going to hit our final break here on the morning after. We'll come back. We'll talk a few more uh, NFL games as we continue on in the uh, into the Sunday slate. We have Jacksonville, Indianapolis, New York at Buffalo and others to get to here. 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. 9.52 here on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. This is the morning after. I'm Tyler Trumbauer. That's the athlete formerly known as Chewy. We're wrapping things up here on a uh, Thursday morning, a uh, the sun is out. Chew, breaking news. It's a promising sign. I need like a, I need something. I need something here. Sports. <laughs> breaking news: the sun is out. That's a promising sign. I can't. We won't be seeing the sun for too long. Like I say that every week. <laughs> right. Well, it's gonna rain like crazy too. Yeah. Hundred percent chance of rain on Saturday. Great. Great, great, great. So get your get your. Uh, I'm going home this weekend. So going home. Yeah. To the Detroit. Back to Detroit. Yeah. For the what you doing there? Just see my family, see my family. hanging out with the hanging homies. Out with some, yeah, some some hometown friends. So, oh yeah, one of my friends that listens in, he he wanted me to shout him out, R- Rob, from uh, Rob from Detroit. Detroit. Rob from Detroit. Yeah. See, we we got we got a big we got a big listening. We got a big following right yeah. here. Yeah, Detroit. Yeah, yeah. Never been to all Detroit. The way, all the way to D. Nice. Yeah, it's a couple four hours from here. Four hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's That's probably closer to Detroit than it is to my house. Yeah. Man, probably. that's crazy to think. That is. That's real crazy to think. That is. That just shows how big Pennsylvania is. Pennsylvania is, is exactly. Ohio's a little smaller than that. Anywho, more uh, games to get to, which uh, you might get to when you're going to Detroit. Uh, Lucas Oil Stadium, Indianapolis. You could kind of get that on your way there. Make a little detour. (laughs) Nonetheless, Jacksonville at Indianapolis will be at that stadium Sunday, 1 o'clock, CBS. Uh, This, uh, I mean, Indianapolis coming off the win just over Tennessee where they just held off the Titans 35-33 in that contest. Um, 48 is the over-under on this one, but Colts 10-point favorites at home, rightfully so, I would believe. The Colts 1-2, um, and two, just as well as the Jags, but the Colts a heck of a lot different 1-2 and two squad than the Jaguars are. Um, Chu, what do you make of this contest? Blake Bortles, Andrew Luck under center. The Colts avoided going 0-3, the dreaded 0-3, but they are still uh, got a little climbing to do to get back into things. Yeah, the Colts definitely they got a win last week, which definitely helped them out in their playoff chances. I think that... They'll take care of the Jaguars here. I don't, I'm not going to say it's going to be easy, but the Jaguars, they have a lot to figure out. They have a lot to figure out there down there in Jacksonville. So I think definitely think the Colts will take this one. It's a good start, though. I think Blake Bortles yeah. is their guy under center. Um, obviously, um, you know, things didn't work out with Justin Blackman, right. uh, obviously. Now he's kind of, I don't know, he's kind of in limbo his career. Uh, but nonetheless, he's really not the man that they thought he was going to be for them. Um, but nonetheless... I think Jags are on the right path. I just don't think they're – I still think they're a below-average team in the National Football League, uh, especially they're not on the level that the Colts are by any means. 
Um, <clears throat> and especially the Colts, they they did they did stack up with these weapons. We just haven't seen yeah. these weapons yet produce. Too, I mean, you got you've always had Andrew Luck, who actually has more interceptions and touchdowns so far this year. But I mean, you got Frank Gore, who finally came out a little bit last week. Still looking Andre Johnson to be the man. I mean, you got T. Y. Hilton as well. There's a lot of good playmakers on this squad. They just got to start putting it together, and making plays. Right. Exactly. Figure out their chemistry and get it going here. That's what that's what it's all about. I don't know what they're doing, but they're going to have to figure that out um, real quick. Um, and and I mean, going home is the best thing to do. I mean, they just escaped Tennessee um, a week ago, uh, a game that Fenner picked the ti- picked the Colts to beat the Titans. But coming back in on Monday, then he said that he thought that was a variable winnable game for the Titans, and it really was. I mean, I didn't get to see too much of it, but from the highlights and what I've heard is, you know, the Titans kind of gave that one away with a young Marcus Mariota and company. So, But that's Jackson. We're both going Indianapolis, and the line is showing that too. Colts by 10 at home. Should be a pretty easy game. I mean, if this is close, then if you're the Colts, you got to start worrying. Exactly. I mean, this is really going to be a tell-all type of game for them. So that's going to be uh, that second game on 1 o'clock. That's going to be all for us today, too. We'll get back to the NFL schedule tomorrow with uh, on our full-fledged Football Friday with Fenner and Tubby for the full hour. Appreciate your time today, too. We'll see you back here Appreciate on Tuesday. You, sir. So Thank don't you. forget, the morning after rolls along tomorrow right here on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. Wrapping up the week, we'll preview the rest of Week 4 in the National Football League, talk about the rest of the games, including my Eagles versus Redskins, which may not even happen. This Sunday, during because of Hurricane Joaquin, there's some contingency plans being thought of with the National Football League. We'll talk Borough football as they head to IUP on Saturday. Fenner and I will have the call right here on Fighting Scots Radio. And also, we'll talk local high school football with Erie Times news writer Tom Reisenweber at 9.15 tomorrow. We'll talk about him, about what's going to happen Friday night in, their, in those games, and also about PIAA thinking of going to six classes in high school football. Could be have a 6A team so that's a little interesting talk that we'll talk about that and more with tom mike tubby myself college radio day tomorrow open house come on by say hello don't be a stranger thanks for tuning in guys make sure you check our podcast out later right here on 88.9 fighting scots radio edbronow.com and the tune in app we'll talk to you tomorrow